Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So I am really excited for today's episode because we are talking about a survey question that we got, and it went like this. I've fallen into a niche and can't get out. (laughs) And she or he goes on to say, actually, I love the niche I'm in, but I want to diversify. I believe I have potential clients who pick other designers because they don't see their websites represented in my portfolio. And I can totally say that you're probably right, Mm -hmm. and we have all been there. So having a portfolio is really, really incredibly important when you are trying to book work, regardless of what kind of work. If you want to get jobs, then you got to have a portfolio on your site. So um, an example here, which I don't feel like I have to give one, but I will anyway, is that you would not hire anyone to do housework for you unless you had proof that they knew what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So I don't think everyone who does housework uploads pictures to their like website or whatever, but I know my husband's cousin just started this housework business where he does a little bit of everything and he's uploading pictures of all of this stuff to his Facebook page to help him book more clients. So perfect example. And he's Mm -hmm. not even a designer. (laughs) So um, the thing is, though, you don't want to put just anything and everything in your portfolio. Um, The AIGA wrote a really short but great blog post about this, and I will link to it in the show notes, but my favorite quote from it was, your portfolio is not the work you did, but the work you're going to do next. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes, but... Just a reminder here, today we're going to talk a little bit about how you can curate your portfolio so you can get more of the projects that you actually want. I'm really excited for this one. I talked a lot about portfolios before, so I'm really excited for you to go over all these points you have. But I wanted to give you guys kind of another example. When I hired my designer, I 100% knew I wanted to work with her just based on her website and things like that. There was not a doubt in my mind. But I remember going to her portfolio when I was ready to kind of inquire, and I was like, what are all these weird projects? Like, luckily, there were one or two that looked like what I wanted, but there were some that were totally different. So most of them were like my site and girly, but then there was one like super dark, you know, manly looking site for a gym and stuff. And I was like, what is this? Like, I still hired her, but it definitely threw me off. So if people are kind of still unsure about you, it's going to be even worse. So definitely listen to Corey's tips today. Yeah, I think that's a perfectly great example of why you have to curate and not just drop anything and everything, but actually curate your portfolio. So let's go on ahead and dive right in. 
The first and probably most obvious tip I have for you is to share your best work. So, like I said, this should be totally obvious. You do not want to be showing off work that you are not 100% proud of. So, even if you are a newer designer and you don't have a lot of work to put in your portfolio, because I've definitely been there, right when I was graduating college and trying to figure out what to put in my portfolio, I had stuff from class projects, a handful of client projects that I could put in there, but it's like... I'm not 100% proud of like half of each of these, so what do I put on there? And I have to say that in my opinion, at least, and I'm curious to hear what you think about this, I would rather see fewer stellar projects that really got the designer excited, that shows off their best work, what they really enjoy doing, than like 10 or 15 or even more projects that are okay, their old work don't really show off like their design style and that the designer doesn't really care about. Yeah, I could not agree with that anymore. Like I was saying, if my if the designer I ended up working with wouldn't have had those other distracting pieces in, that would have distracted me less from the whole situation. And it is hard. I just finished up a project that I put 60 hours into and it was it was good. Like there was nothing wrong with what I did, but I didn't love the design as much as I do with a lot of other projects. And even though I worked hard, I still did great work. I didn't put it in there because I didn't want I didn't want it to make someone else be like, oh, I wonder if, you know, she can only do work that looks like this when I can do things that are be- that look better. So it is hard, but definitely just include your best work. Totally. So you know what's your best work. Mm-hmm. But if you struggle kind of figuring out what shows off your expertise best or what, you know, makes you shine the best, then I say don't be afraid to ask your peers for help. Our Facebook group would be a great place for this because it's only other designers. You don't have to worry about potential clients seeing whatever you're asking about. But it is a really good idea to ask another designer, someone you trust, where you can say, you know, here are a handful of projects. Here's what I did for them. And can you help me figure out what would, you know, really knock the socks off of someone looking at my portfolio? Yep, exactly. And it even helps more if, you know, you would tell the people you are teaming up with for this, like, who you're, you know, who you like to work with and what kind of projects you just like to do in general. Anything like that would help them give even better feedback. Definitely. It might not be a great idea to just drop stuff in a Facebook group (laughs) like ours and just ask for help. You might want to ask for someone who you can maybe get on Skype with and kind of talk about your business. Mm -hmm. And you can also offer to do this for them as well. So a win-win for both of you. Um, Another important thing you should do with your portfolio, and I know you're going to have a lot to say about this one, Krista, is definitely include project details. So I cannot tell you how many websites I've been to where the designers didn't show any project details. I have even been to some sites where they don't even share links to the websites they designed. It's just little tiny mock-ups and you're like, Number one, I can't even see the design because it's on this tiny computer screen mock-up on your website. 
And two, what did you actually do? Did mm-hmm. you do the branding and the website? Did you just curate some stuff for their website? Like what? So how, like I said, how do I know exactly what you did for the project if you are not giving us some details? Mm-hmm. That's a good point because with those little kind of thumbnail galleries, they always drive me crazy because I can't see them. But that's a really good point. What the heck did you do? No one can tell based on these little images. So yeah, you brought that up. Yeah, and when there are so many different kinds of design that people can do, you literally could have only done the logo or only done the website, and just showing off the website or whatever in a tiny mock-up, it's not enough, y'all. So you should share a little bit more, like open a whole new page for this portfolio item (laughs) and share a little bit about what the client was looking for. So I always like to say, you know, my client reached out to me because they wanted a website that matched where the rest of their niche was at, for example. Um, You could share who their target market is. On one of my recent projects, I shared the features that I worked my behind off night and day trying to figure out. Um, And then I know Krista's favorite, which is sharing the tangible results that your design has actually gotten for your client. Yeah, your clients give you a whole bunch of money because you're supposed to grow their business. Yes, you're making them something pretty, but there are benefits deeper than that. So when you share what they were looking for, like Corey said, don't just say they wanted a website. Why did they want that website? What was their goal of the website? How was it going to grow their business? And then later on near the end include, okay, what results did they see? Did they see more email opt-ins? Are they just more confident and excited about their website? Definitely talk about those things because that's going to get potential clients excited and wanting the same thing for themselves. Yeah, and I don't think, so those are just three examples of things you can include, but I don't think you should worry too much about including too much about the project here, because at least for me, I know if I feel like there's too much text, I'm just going to look at the pretty pictures. So the person that is like thinking about hiring you might be the same way, or they might want to know all of this stuff. And I think another good way around this is if you're writing all this stuff for your project and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a thousand words, turn it into a blog post. Mm -hmm. Like that's a really good way to keep your audience knowing that you do design work and what kind of work you do, showing off your recent and really great projects. And then it gives you um, even more room to kind of talk about the before and after of those results that you're able to get for your clients. I know you do this for most of your projects. Yeah, I like to keep it really short and sweet on my portfolio page. I try to have like a full length mock-up on one half of the screen and then the other half is just enough details to kind of match that length. But underneath, I link to a full blog post with all that information. Because like you said, when people are in your portfolio, they don't necessarily want all the details. But if they do, it's great to have that information for them, linked for them. And I love the case study as a blog post idea because, like you said, it reminds your clients of what you do. It gets your work in front of them. It's just a great thing to do in general. So there are a lot of benefits to setting up, you know, your post work process that way. Totally. I think there's one other thing that you can include with your 
project details, and that's a testimonial. So in a previous episode, and I cannot for the life of me think of which one, we talked about having a whole separate page of testimonials. And I still think that's a really good idea, but it doesn't hurt to also pull that specific testimonial out and show it with the project so that someone can put the really awesome words that your client had to say about you and their project with the actual project that you did for them. Because on the like just general testimonial page, everyone can be like, okay, well, all these people really liked working for you, but what exactly did you do for them? And unless you kind of work with your clients to tweak their testimonials to say that, then having that extra space on your portfolio pages is a great way for people to say, okay, so she did this website and this client was like dying over it at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love like and kind of ending the page with a testimonial, just like, boom, that final thing to catch people's attention and be like, okay, this project was awesome. So another thing to think about, and I think this is something that a lot of designers kind of get stuck on, is how much diversity do I include in my portfolio? Now, I think there are two different ways that you can approach this. And the first way is obviously you can add all different type of projects that you do. So say you do logos, websites, you do packaging, editorial, you do everything under the sun. You can include all of that. The second approach is the one I kind of lean towards, and that is only adding one to two types of the design work that you do to your portfolio. So for example, I also do ebooks and I'm happy to do, you know, other things for my clients, but I only show branding and websites off in my portfolio. And which approach you take kind of depends on how much design experience you have, I think. So if you're just getting started, maybe you don't really know what kind of work you do best or what kind of work you want to primarily be doing, then I think it's totally okay to have a variety of projects in your portfolio. It gives you a better chance of landing a variety of projects. And so you can kind of test out the waters and see what you really enjoy. Yeah. And if you're in the situation we were talking about right away in the episode and you don't have like, you know, a whole bunch of just one or two types of projects to show off that you're proud of, this is a great way to, you know, have a bigger portfolio. So just kind of include all of the different kinds of work you do as long as you're really, really proud of it. Yeah, exactly. Make sure it's your best work, not just every (laughs) single project you've ever done. So the alternative, of course, is if you know, for example, that you really love editorial design and absolutely nothing else, then you can fill your portfolio with only editorial design. And I lean towards this option because one, it helps you become known for that type of design project. So if someone like in Facebook groups, for example, sees a peer asking for help with editorial or help with their website, and you are building your name to be known as the person who does that, then you're more likely to get referred because everyone knows you for doing that type of project. 
I think you're also less likely to get inquiries for really random projects if you aren't including this huge variety of things in your portfolio because people know you for doing this one or two different kind of projects. So they're not gonna say, hey, do you also happen to do packaging if all you have on your site is like simple like logos and branding? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this is, it's just really powerful when you can focus in on a couple things because like Corey was saying, people are going to know to recommend you, but it's also going to be powerful when people go to your website. So if they go to someone's website who does kind of everything and has maybe a couple examples of what they want, but they go to yours and it's all what they want, they're going to pick you almost every time. So if you can narrow in, I think that's a really great thing to do. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I just recently... Um, was looking through different portfolios of designers and I landed on one and I couldn't really get a grasp of what she was really, really good at because there were so many things. I mean, seriously, Mm -hmm. it was website, logo, packaging, just, and those are all three very different projects. So you really have no idea. And I think this is a good time to say that you want to keep in mind what you show off is going to get you more inquiries for that kind of project. So kind of going back to that quote that I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode and what we were just talking about. If you feel like you're stuck in a niche because your portfolio is full of, I'll use my previous portfolio as an example, of projects with hot pink, or lots of pinks and girly colors and script fonts. I That's still what the majority of my portfolio looks like. And you are tired of working on those projects, then it's time to retire them. And this is like a whole nother episode, I feel like, but kind of build up some personal work to kind of fill in the gaps to help you get more of those projects that you really, really like. Because I know from my own experience, when that's what you're putting out there, it's hard to get out of that. But if you want to get out of that, then you have to be more selective of what you're putting in your portfolio, even if that means you're not showing off as many projects or you're not showing off, you know, your most recent work or something like that because you just don't want more of that work. Mm -hmm. Good point. You started your own design business. Yay! The creative side of your business, the side where you get to spend your days designing, rocks. But everything else, not so much. Maybe your days are starting to run you and you found yourself not doing nearly as much design work as you'd like to be. Instead, you're trying to stay afloat under an ever-growing to-do list of invoicing, sending contracts, staying organized, scheduling projects, and so much more. You're making money, but you know if you could just get your business more organized and create a better client experience, then it'll be easier to raise your rates and make running your own design business more enjoyable for you. If you're ready to ditch all of that overwhelm and get back to loving what you do and even looking forward to getting to work in the morning, head to getbacktodesign.co slash coaching and learn about how we can work together one-on-one to streamline and grow your business so you can get back to design. So my last main point here is to update your portfolio regularly. Please. (laughs) And thank you. 
We talked about this a little bit in episode 12, but I think a lot of designers have issues with their portfolio and it's because they're not updating it regularly. So I want to ask everyone a question, including you, Krista, even though you are not a designer. If you look at your portfolio right now, how recently was the latest project you shared completed? I'm really scared. I'm opening up my portfolio right now. Oh, it's not that bad. It was in March. So, and the last project I did, I didn't want to include. So there we go. (laughs) Well, it's June now. So that was only three months ago. (laughs) But for me, I I have a cop out here because I just updated my portfolio a couple weeks ago with the two most recent projects that I worked on this year. So... I will say I'm lucky, but I have been guilty of this in the past. You have so many other things on your plate, personal life, when you're working with clients, you know, cranking out content. It's hard to remember to keep your portfolio updated. However, it is so important because that gives you a chance to to show off your best work. You know, your design style changes and evolves as you do more work. So if you have stuff that's a year old, that's your most recent project, then that's probably not the best representation of what you do now. So I would say at least every couple of months to make it a point to go in and add new work, even if you're only adding a new project here and there so maybe you're adding one new project now and four months from now you get to add another new project just make sure that throughout the year you are making it a point to go in and do that don't ignore your portfolio yeah I like to do mine like within a couple weeks of finishing a project because otherwise I forget even if I have it on my calendar I end up not being excited about it anymore so I like to do it right away when it's like fresh in my mind and I know what I'm gonna write and it's still like fun to think about and I'm like oh yeah I did that six months ago or whatever so do what works best for you do it right away or set yourself a reminder every couple months to get it done Yeah, and I think that's another good point, too, is since you are going to be including specific project details about, you know, what your client was looking for or their target market or whatever, then you're much more likely to know exactly what you want to say right away. Because I know I've been in the spot where I was adding older projects that I still really like to my portfolio, and I was like, why did they reach out to me? When did I even do this project? Like, I don't remember anything about it except the fact that I did the design. (laughs) So it's definitely important um, to see if that works for you doing it right away. Maybe if Mm -hmm. it doesn't, at least jot a few notes down about what you want to include so that when you can update it, it's like still there and you can refresh yourself. Yeah, I like that idea. I do have three bonus tips that I wanted to include here. Um, The first one is just share large images, not just small computer mock-ups. Like we were talking about earlier, it's so hard to see your design work on a small mock-up. So don't be afraid to create these really big images. So mine are, I think... I want to say they're like 900 pixels wide in my portfolio and all of my specific projects are full width. So you're getting a really good clear view of the work that I did. And I think this is also a good idea because 
you can share and should share your work on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. I have gotten projects from people seeing my work on Pinterest. So when you see those really long, really great like mock-ups of people's work, think of stuff like that when you're creating your mock-ups for your portfolio. Another thing is if you do web design, please link to the live site. So I think it's always more exciting to actually click over and look around at the website. One thing to keep in mind here, though, is only link to the site as long as they're using your design. (laughs) Awkward. (laughs) Yeah, that is really awkward. And I know it's like, but I don't want to have to keep going back and checking and, you know, updating that kind of thing. But if you're, like, checking your website as a whole, maybe twice a year, every six months, then at that point you can go through and click through to all the links because nothing would be more awkward is if a potential client sees this really beautiful mock-up and they want to click over and look at it more and they see that your client has changed their design. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not fun. (laughs) And then the last tip I have here, and this is like a huge, I could get on a soapbox tip. Do not make people hunt for your portfolio on your website. Please put it right in your like top navigation. I went to one website today before we started recording this where I literally had to go to slash portfolio to figure out where her portfolio was. And she was a designer and I knew she had a portfolio. And I went, then there, I went to another website where it was a team of two. I don't know if they were a husband and wife or if they were just a team of two. Um, And they did several different types of design work. One, the woman, I had been following her for a while. She does really awesome work, but they had no portfolio, nothing. They had nothing linked, not even their Dribbble account. And I was like, why would I hire? Why would I even inquire with you? I have no clue what your work looks like. What the heck? I used to have this problem because I thought that my portfolio shouldn't be in my main menu for some reason. I don't know why I thought that, but I basically had it hidden in the FAQ section on my services page. And like, no, your portfolio is one of the first things you want people to see on your website. So put that baby in your main menu, like feature that everywhere if you have if you have good stuff in there. Yeah, it's like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, you are not going to hire someone to do housework or do whatever for you without knowing that they know what they're doing and that you like the way they do things. Mm -hmm. So you have to keep that in mind, especially if you are charging in the four figures for your designs. No one is going to want to invest that much money in working with you if they have no clue what kind of work you are going to do for them. Exactly. So just to recap here, your portfolio can help you book more projects or it can keep people from inquiring with you. So make sure you're giving it the time it deserves. And the action steps I have for you are to one, Upload your most recent projects to your portfolio. So set aside a time and do that, please. Two would be to get rid of any work that isn't your best and just flat out doesn't represent the work that you 
want to be doing. So if you have stuff in there that's like really girly and you're over it, you're ready to move on to different stuff, get that stuff out of your portfolio. Fill in those spots with other projects or personal projects. And then number three, add a recurring task to your calendar or to the end of your like project workflow to keep your portfolio updated. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design. Oh, 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 oh